everyone, this is Gilbert Jalad. I'm talking to you here from uh, Private Corporate Council with Tufts on Tax, where all your tax questions and answers are right here with Mr. T. Scott Tufts. He is the master and the expert when it comes to taxes and tax law. Uh, you can reach him always at 877-647-7887, or you can uh, reach him at, uh, or email him uh, rather, at stufts at pcc.law. That's S-T-U-F-T-S at pcc.law. Hello, Scott. How are you? Good to be with you. Good to be with you, too. Another episode. We're episode 61 now. And today we have an interesting topic. Uh, all our topics are very interesting. But this one is a little long subject topic uh, over here. Um, we're talking about the new 2023 listed transactions abusive tax shelters for IRS form 8886, uh, certain monetized installment obligations and captive insurance arrangements. So what can you tell us about that? But then I realized also there's form 8886. So did we talk about that? I mean, it sounds like yeah, something so, uh, new. All right. So actually it's not new, but uh, because they have not uh, put out a listed transaction in some kind in some time. Oh. Uh, we haven't had a chance to really focus an episode on it in quite some time. So uh, we mentioned it before. Yeah, in the past. past yeah, early it's one of our episodes. tax segments that we focus on. It is a form that can create mm -hmm. litigation. And one of the keys here is, is first of all, recall that after Enron, mm -hmm. around 9-11 uh, and, and that time oh, period. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, Enron created a situation where there was at the time uh, a number of transactions that that were being kind of packaged together that would mm -hmm. be tax structured transactions yeah. that would be um, too good to be true that the government felt like as a matter of law that uh, they needed to find a way to put the public on notice that certain transactions that were being kind of marketed as tax planning um, were so elaborate and so creative that they would save, you know, a significant amount of taxes, but they were not, they were too good to be true, meaning they were structured in advance, but they were so complicated that the IRS had no policy and procedures in place to kind of curb that. Mm -hmm. So after Enron, the IRS got after it and came up with what we call listed transactions or reportable transactions. And what that concept means is you use form 8886. Mm -hmm. And if you have a transaction that is similar to or substantially similar to ones that they describe and put out a notice for, then uh, you have to disclose it in advance to the IRS using IRS form 8886 on your tax form. So, in other words, you have to disclose that, hey, I've done this type of transaction during the past year or as long as you're in that transaction. And the IRS went off and, and went and pr proceeded to identify 33, 34, 35 different transactions over the next 10 to 15 years. So... And those are on our website, uh, on, you know, on my website that has the listed transactions. Also indicates that there are things that are called transactions of interest. There's also certain types of reportable transactions that uh, say that if you're going to try and ho hold things in confidence 
or try and uh, structure a transaction a certain way that you may have an issue there. Now, it's impossible in one show to, to focus on all of them, but what, what's important here is the IRS has now, after quite a bit of time, has come out and identified two uh, transactions in 2023, one in April and one in August, that is... So uh, that's recent. That's so recent. August, huh? And so what they did was, um, in April, they described a micro-captive transaction as... What, what does that mean? So micro-captive is a structure of insurance where uh, the IRS is focused on a structuring of where companies use a, a an arrangement with insurance uh, where they hold an uh, insurance arrangement for particular types of insurance uh, in a structure that the IRS deems to be questionable on its face, and you have to file the form to report on it. And so the way they describe it in uh, the notice is that they are trying to look at a uh, tax on the company's income that deals with certain types of taxable investment income. Again, it's it's kind of a complicated arrangement, but essentially those who are operating with businesses that attempt to have a related party set up as an insurance company that mm -hmm. provide them catastrophic insurance or business interruption insurance or things of this sort, then the question is, has that insurance company and that arrangement, that captive arrangement created certain tax tax benefits that the IRS believes they want to take a closer look at. And if it is, then you file this form 8886 and you disclose that and the IRS is then put on notice, hey, I've done that. If you don't file this form, you could pay substantial penalties. Okay? What, what are the penalties? Well, they can Do they, they can be as much as um, uh, $10,000 right off the top if you don't report oh, wow. it. Um, there's oh also God. the issue of if, is somebody promoting the transaction? And so these are the, the type of penalties that can come up if you do not file the necessary form. And so when you are describing something as a limit, as a listed transaction, um, it also can raise the penalties that will come about. And so essentially... Uh, think of it as a red flag. You're, you know, you're you're engaged in a very aggressive transaction that will require closer scrutiny. And if and if you have met the the type of transactions they're looking for, then in the then you could be in. Um, not only can you have the transaction challenged. But if it is, in fact, a listed transaction and you haven't disclosed it, mm -hmm. then there's the additional uh, penalties. There's also the problem of failing to file the form. And then there's the most you know, importantly, the statute of limitations will not run on your return if you have a transaction like this. Oh, wow. So you've got to be uh, very careful with any type of uh, micro captive, as, as it's called, and make sure that you do the disclosures um, and use the form 8886 if you have a transaction that is the same or substantially similar to that. Now that's the one in April, that's called a micro captive and mm -hmm. essentially what you're looking for is if you have an insurance company arrangement with a related party that you're kind of controlling, 
then you understand that you might be in this situation and you need to go into this notice and take a look at it. Now, the other thing that's happening is the IRS is looking at, in August, they announced that they're looking at a monetized installment sale transaction. Now, what this is, and this is kind of interesting because as they describe it, installment sales are the opportunity for you to sell something and then if it's eligible you can spread the gain out over time so let's say you sell something and you're going to get payments beyond the current year okay then you can so what's the example so like you sell property and let's say you're you're the person that's buying it from you is not going to pay it all at once it's going to get paid over time okay well what the installment sale rules allow you to do if it qualifies is it allows you to spread your gain in a way over that same time so that you don't have to pay all the tax up front you can spread the gain across those payments as they come in oh okay which would make sense in other words yeah it'd be you know it's it kind of gives you a little bit of relief exactly Um, instead of paying everything instead of owing it once and yet you don't have the cash yet to pay the tax so it breaks it down now there are rules and exceptions like everything but that's the general concept Mm -hmm. now what what's going on with these monetized transactions and again with these listed transactions you have promoters and so you have to understand that if if someone comes to you and presents you with a a transaction that is giving you the feel that it's being promoted that it's in a package that it's being sold to you mm-hmm. and it's going to create tax savings to you that's kind of like you wouldn't go to walmart or some other shopping place and buy something off the shelf that that is a transaction that saves you taxes mm. right you see that you get the so idea it's too good to be true and that, that right in other words that doesn't or... make sense in other words there's a big difference between uh, well, there's not a big difference, but there's a difference between planning a transaction, mm-hmm. right, and and having it have advantageous tax consequences, correct? I see, yeah. Versus something that's cookie cutter, that's mm-hmm. being that's that's coming off an assembly line and being sold to thousands of people. That doesn't match that, with what that doesn't that that is sold to you, and you say, "I'll do it." And save lots of taxes mm-hmm. which is not true that's the concept so okay. th- there there are some times when when it, the, these lines get blurred but this is the general feel to it okay so if you have a promoter that is marketing hey here's how you save taxes mm-hmm. and I come to you just so happen after you just made a big sale in a company mm-hmm. and you have a big tax hit coming right mm-hmm. you see what's going on you have a big tax coming I come to you and say, hey, how would you like to offset those taxes that you're faced with with this? And I present you with a little gift mm-hmm. in it and it's got a little bow on it and I'm marketing it and I've sold it to you and my neighbor and my friend and down the street. Mm-hmm. Got it? So I'm a promoter under okay. that situation. Got it? So the installment sale in particular is where you're taking a cash sale, right, to a buyer, right? And the promoter or somebody else gets in the middle, right? And starts to work work it, mm-hmm. okay? So what we wanna be thinking about with this particular situation is there's a lot going on in an installment sale. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. So you take a normal installment sale, you want to spread the payments out, everything's fine. There's okay. rules for that. Go see your tax advisor, make sure it's properly done. Boom. Got it? Now, if though that transaction is starting to put somebody in the middle and there's some loans coming in and the money's coming in and, and it's getting kind of paid back and all this, if that kind of thing is going on, that's a generic statement here, but if there is... So it's not as simple. As, I mean, it, it, it's getting sophisticated. Correct. At the all of these things are very sophisticated that mm -hmm. people, when they start to look at them, gloss over. You'll see them. I, tie, mm -hmm. I try and diagram them because what happens is the package that you're buying is this thick. For a certain condition or a certain For a process. certain transaction. A transaction, yeah. And it's so complicated by design. Mm. Oh, wow. It must be it must be valid if it's complicated. Ah. See that? If you sign a hundred papers, it, it it can't be fraudulent. Mm -hmm. It can't be uh, something wrong, right? It's got all these papers to it. Oh, I see. Okay. But if I create the paper to give it the appearance of of validity mm -hmm. and you could look at it with kind of pull yourself back and say it, it's all a bunch of paper right it's a little bit like that um old magician that would say mm -hmm. voila it's magic yeah. okay so again i'm trying to keep it in general terms it's much mm -hmm. more careful because you have to look at whether it meets the criteria of what they've laid out. I know I'm looking at the documents and the, all these details. Uh, the, it's uh, it's really intense. <laughs> right. So you got to get to someone and, like myself who can the, describe to you whether or not it meets the criteria. But what but what we're doing here, Gilbert, is when you diagram these things and you look at these transactions, right? What the IRS is doing is saying look, we need to look at this transaction more closely. You need yeah. to tell us in advance that you may have done one of these transactions, mm -hmm. right? And they want to scrutinize it to see if it passes muster, right? Mm -hmm. Right? And so if you're not willing to tell me that you've done it, right? Then what? Then maybe you're up to something you shouldn't be doing. I see. So the tax form is the way of saying, hey, I just want to let you know I'm doing it. This is very aggressive, right? Yeah. And so therefore, IRS, I want you to know I've done it so that you can come look at it. Mm -hmm. So how many people really want to do that? <laughs> Probably not that many. Yeah. But the consequences of not doing that, if the transaction you've entered into, right, is... Um, the same or substantially similar to what they've put out in the guidance, mm -hmm. right? So you see all this paper. Now you got a lot of paper to go through it to decide, have I been sold a plan, a tax plan or tax scheme yeah. that is the same or substantially similar to what they've put out the guidance on? See what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's kind of like, Red car is made in 1999 with a black top and uh, blue stripes, or and you go down the road with the same car, but it's got a pink stripe, right? Mm -hmm. 
you're probably still under the transaction because the rest of the car looks the same, etc. And maybe you call it a little something different, but it's still the same or substantially similar. Got it? But you can imagine that if this comes out and you're and you've got one of these plans, right? Those who are promoting it might say, "Well, let's tweak it mm-hmm. so that we strip the side of it of it. it it's really different." See what goes on? So the IRS is careful to say this or anything substantially similar to it. So this is a very complicated, and what, and what all our audience can do is make sure they're not driving that car that, or they're in that kind of car that might be one of these listed transactions that is creating tax savings for something that they've bought off the shelf. Okay. So entrepreneurs or business mm-hmm. owners, they need a tax lawyer like yourself to be with them st- every step of the way to make sure this is... Yeah, so the way to be kind of asking yourself this is, was it sold to you? Mm. Right? You have a big tax hit or you're making a lot of money. And I come to you and I say, how would you like to save money for, on your taxes? I assume you're going to say, sounds great. Yeah, who would refuse Who would save? refuse that? Then you say, well, what will it cost me? Mm-hmm. And I'll say, well, big dollars. So you say, why I, would I pay that? How, how am I saving? Right. And then how much are you saving? Yeah. So now we're, we're down to where I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm selling you something. You're going to save a lot of taxes. Am I really saving? Well, if it doesn't work, no. Yeah. But so it depends. But if I tell you buy this and you're going to save taxes, right? You should ask what? Is it legal? Is it proper? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Am I going to tell you it's not? You're selling it. You're not. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You need independent advice mm-hmm. as to whether or not that transaction. And they can come to you for that advice. Yes. So the point you asked me is you want the accountant and the lawyers or someone advising you on it to be independent to then render there. Now, here's the scary thing. For a number of these transactions, when that question came up, the promoter would say, yes, we want you to get an independent opinion, and we can refer you to someone if you want. Mm. And I've already got an arrangement with them Mm. to, proverbially speaking, bless the transaction. Wow. Wow. So you, when we say independent, we mean independent. Yeah. We mean not not any of the group that's Completely selling out it. of the circle. Right, out of the circle. The end, yeah. Because now look, there are transactions that are properly put together mm-hmm. that are creative and, and you know and work with our complex tax code. And if they're if they're put together through hard work, blood, sweat, and tears, or somebody's got an angle, mm-hmm. and and you know what I mean, then we're not talking about the 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 hardworking CPAs and tax lawyers who are independently in a given situation working up a transaction and and can see some things to do that might save some money. You know what I mean? Uh, for just a simple example, that would be uh, you have property and you didn't know that. If it's real estate that you could sell it and exchange it for 
other real estate, put the proceeds in the new real estate and not pay tax. That's a 1031 exchange. Well, that's because our tax law incentivizes someone to do a, a transaction like that. So we, we want to be careful with this, that we don't paint too broad a brush. But again, if it's got the feeling that it's being promoted, it's, it's you know, something like this, it's too good to be true, You at a minimum, you want that independent advice. But you want to make darn sure that your accountant is aware of it and that your accountant is thinking, oh, do we need to disclose something here? And uh, put and, and then essentially flag the transaction so that you don't get penalized for not having done it. Okay. I totally agree. And you heard him, folks. Be careful. Ask an independent advice from a tax lawyer like Mr. T. Scott Tufts. You can call him at 877-647-7887. You can call that number without the 877, just simply 407-647-7887. Or you can email him at stufts at pcc.law. That's stufts at pcc.law. You can visit the website at privatecorporatecouncil.com and we'll see you next time with another form and another tax uh, uh, information. Thank you. Have a good day.